Okay, so I want to ask you a simple little phrase, and I tried this out on Leslie, and she was able to answer it, so I don't think it's too far, uh, too far of a stretch that it should be this really awkward silence. So, so if you'd like to say it out loud, that's okay. Um, there's more than one way to skin a cat. How, do you, how many ways are there to skin a cat? I hope I never find out. Right, I've never skinned one cat, let alone more than one. But the idea is not obviously how do you, there's more than one way to skin a cat, but there's more than one, one way to do something, right? And today we're going to find out that there is more than one person who is called to ministry, and there is more than one way to do ministry itself. The disciples had this funny thought in their mind that they were the only ones who were cut out, the only ones who were qualified to do certain things, and they were letting people know that that's how it was, and, and Jesus rebukes them for it. We're going to be in Luke chapter 9, verses 49 to 50. <clears throat> it says, Master, said John, we saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he is not one of us. And Jesus says, do not stop him, uh, for whoever is not against you is for you. We have two verses here we're going to look at. We're going to sneak over to Mark after a little while, because he expands on this a little bit more. But the first thing we want to see is that we don't want to discourage other people from doing ministry because they are not us or they are not like us. We want to encourage other people to do ministry. So with the disciples, you picture you have John and the disciples. And I, I don't know at what point this is happening in the Bible, but I, I picture these guys. There there's might be six of them. There might be 12 of them. And they're, they're all kind of sitting around, and they start noticing this guy, and the, the crowds are kind of gathering. And they, they start, they realize what's going on. They realize that this guy is casting out demons. They've seen the process. They've experienced the process. They have done it themselves. And I picture John going, okay, wait a second. How many of us are there? Okay, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, okay, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. You know, make double count. Make sure that, wait a second, that's not one of us. And so these guys got on their little high horses, and they went and talked to this guy and said, hey, wait a second, you're not supposed to do this. You're not one of us. And that was a really lame excuse, but for these guys, it was a very big deal that you're not supposed to be doing this. This was something that God gave to us that kind of sets us apart as something special. But apparently, they didn't realize that God was more capable of, doing, of giving this ability to other people than just to the 12 disciples. These guys in the past, it's been about four weeks since we've looked at them, but they were arguing amongst themselves as to which of them was the greatest. I think they already determined we're better than everybody else, but among the 12 of us, who's the greatest? And Jesus says, you take a little kid and you treat them like you would treat me, and that's how you're treating me. And so you, you, you love the, the orphan and the widow and the downcast and the trodden and the people who can't repay you. You love those and you're actually loving me. And so these guys, disciples are still in this mode of thought that we're the greatest, we're the best, and he says that's not how you become the greatest. And when you stop and you look at this guy, the disciples should have done this as well, you look and say, you know what, this guy is succeeding while he's doing this. He's casting out demons, and the demons are actually going. There were people back then who claimed that they could cast out demons. Possibly it worked at times, and other times it didn't. But this guy is actually succeeding, so he must have God's blessing on it. Now, I think this was a follower of Jesus. He wasn't one of the 12 disciples, but I think he was one of the people who became a disciple along the way, or who became a follower of Jesus, because you know there was more than 12 people who believed in Jesus at that time. 
John the Baptist had his own disciples. And when he was in prison, he sent some of those disciples to go talk to Jesus to say, are you the one to come or should we expect somebody else? So you have people right there who are followers of Jesus, maybe just at a distance, but they still trust in him. You have the centurion who had faith. And there's always constantly people who are coming to faith in Jesus. So I think that's what this guy was. I think he was a follower, but he was from a distance, and the disciples tried to stop him. And I sure hope that they did not succeed. I hope they, the guy says, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you say. I know God gave me this ability, and so I'm going to do it anyway. And they just probably took offense at this. But the fact that he, you, this guy could cast out demons does not mean that he was a true believer in Jesus. Because you can find out in Matthew chapter 7 that there's going to be a lot of people, especially from that day, who are going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these things in your name? Didn't we drive out demons? Didn't we do miracles? And he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. So the fact that this guy was casting out demons does not make him a Christian. The fact that they were doing miracles back in Matthew chapter 7 does not mean that they're true believers in Jesus. I just happen to think that this guy was a true follower of Jesus. And Jesus says, don't stop this guy. He says, if he's not against you, he's for you. He's on your side. There was nothing wrong in the world with this guy casting out demons. Whether from false motives or true, he was still doing the same thing. And in Philippians, you can find out where Paul is in prison. And the people are telling him, everybody out there is preaching the gospel. And, and he says, you know what, I don't care whether from false motives or true, the important thing is that Christ is preached. God's work is being accomplished. Whether it's by me or whether it's by somebody else, it does not matter. The important thing is that it's getting done. You know, when I look at us and I say, I'm not the only person who can do what I can do. And I'm going to just mainly pick on myself here uh, because it's me uh, and, and, and for time's sake. But I'm not the only guy who could preach a message, right? There's, there's been people who have filled in at different times. There's people all around America who can preach messages. Now, I could get on my high horse and I could look at somebody else who has not gone to four years of Bible school, has not been a youth pastor for three years or been here for one year and say, you know what, Joe Schmo, you shouldn't be doing that because you have not had the experience that I have had. You have not had the training that I have had not had. Uh, you have not had been in the situations that I've been in. You should not do that because you're not skilled like I'm skilled, right? I could do that. I'd be a jerk, but I could do that. But that's kind of what I think about the disciples doing this. But guess what? Dr. David Jeremiah could do the same thing to me. You know, my parents just, they got back to Florida yesterday. They're on their way back home to Davenport today, and they went on a cruise to help me out. The Bahamas or the Puerto Rico or something like that for seven days. Now, how many people do you think if I was to, to try to stir up some emotion, some excitement, to say, hey, we're going to go get on a cruise, how many people do you think are going to come and pay lots of money to listen to me for seven days and seven nights? Okay, yes, I'd give you a free ticket, okay? But it's like, you know what? He's a doctor. He's got years of experience. He's on the TV. He's on the radio. He's wrote books. He's got the Dr. David Jeremiah book. Guess what I got? Or the Bible. Guess what? I don't have anything. He can look and say, Josh, you better, you shouldn't be doing that because you don't have the training I do. You haven't been to school. You're not on the radio. You haven't wrote any books, blah, blah, blah. And he could do the same thing to me if he wanted to be a jerk. But he recognizes that, you know what, he has his ability, I have my ability. 
And you could even look and say, that, you know, you think about the, the countries overseas, I think about specifically China. There's, there's pastors there who have never gone to Bible school, who have never been taught how to put a message together, that have never been trained. All they've done is sat under other people, and they're out there right now preaching messages. And they, they, they actually preach for like two hours long. So if you're feeling like, man, this is really long and boring, I'd like to go home, imagine just add another hour and a half. And those, but anyway, those people are doing that. And I could, anybody could look at them and say, you know what, you're not cut out for that because you don't have the same training and experience as somebody else. But God says, I can use those people. And there's people there who, or even in other churches around America, who could be doing a better job than Dr. David Jeremiah, or doing a better job than I do, because they have studied and studied and studied, and God says, I'm going to use them. Sure, it's different people, different locations, but I'm going to use those people in those places. We all know that every, there's, there's obviously there's differences in people. Everybody has different skill sets and different abilities. Some people can cook better than other people. I Pretty much everybody in here can cook better than I can. Some people can play music better. Some people can uh, play sports better. You know, at different abilities and different jobs. But you find the same thing in the church. Obviously, some people play better piano better than other people, right? I can get on and go, I think I, think I could play Mary Had a Little Lamb. Caleb was playing that this morning. But everybody has different skills. People can... Uh, teach better. People can teach better Sunday schools than I can. Uh, people can lead better. People can comfort the grieving better than other people. And it happens, and it might get to the point where people say, okay, well, you know what? I really, I really am humbled. I can't lead as, some, as good as somebody else. I can't comfort as better as, as somebody else. I can't preach. I can't play the piano. And so I'm not going to do anything because I don't add up. I don't meet their standards. If I, if I would never preach, I mean, I love Dr. David Jeremiah, and if I said I got to meet that criteria first before I ever tried, I'm never going to try. So nobody has an excuse to do nothing. Uh, in Matthew 9.37, it says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. This, this whole great big world is full of people who need to hear the gospel. And there's, we are the workers, we're some of the workers, and there's workers in other churches, in other countries, and there's missionaries, and there's Sunday school teachers, and we all have, we're all on the same team, and nobody gets to sit back and say, I'm not doing anything. We're going to see in a little bit, there might be different levels of things that people do, but everybody's called to do something. But these disciples are not realizing that. They're looking and saying, we're the magnificent 12, we're the special ones that Jesus has called and given the special ability to, and so we should be doing it. And if they were to think practically about this, you know, you have 12 people, how many people can you talk to at one time? Twelve, right? And if they have to do the work, they're never going to get to the end of the world before people restart. You know, there's more people being born. There's never going to be enough. And how many people do you think jive with doubting Thomas? Okay, this guy doubts too much. How many people jive with Peter? Man, this guy takes his foot and sticks it in his mouth too many times. I don't think, just like... Uh, you have different churches because people like different styles. They have different music styles that they like, and they have different preaching styles because people just don't jive. And I think with the disciples, if they were to stop and think and say, you know what, we really, we're 12 people. We can't reach the whole world. We need to expand. Other people need to do the job, but they somehow thought we got this special ability, but you know what? There's more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one person who's called to ministry. There's more than one way to do this. There's this huge 
wide variety. They happen to be doing the same thing. These guys were casting out demons. But you look at the world today, and there's this huge variety. The two that I'm, I'm going to mention real briefly are music and activities. Now, there's, there's something called, I don't know if you agree with it, Christian rap, Christian rock. There's a cappella singing. There's, there's opera. There's, there's Christian country. You know, you have, you have different activities that, or programs that people can be involved in. There's youth group. There's Awana. There's Bible studies. There's outreach events, right? All the, there's just this huge, is, is, there's as many opportunities as possible as unique as you are. There, there's no set way you have to do it. It does not have to be in church. It does not have to be uh, during Sunday. It doesn't have to be on Wednesday or Thursday. It can be anywhere, anytime. There's this huge variety of ministries that are out there. Now, how many people say, I just love kids and I love working at Awana? I, I personally do. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things, but I know not everybody says, ugh, kids? Those little snot-nosed kids that they are loud and they run around and they don't listen? That's, that's not easy to, to want to put up with. How many people like the same music? My wife and my kid like some of that Christian rap. Ugh. You know, there's, there's Lecrae, there's all these bands I'm like, I cannot stand. I mean, my idea of a concert, we, we took the youth group to the to Winter Jam a couple years. And this is, I, this is literally what I did for like three or four hours. I stuck earplugs in my ears, and I just sat there. Like, I'm here because I'm trying to be a good youth pastor, so all these kids can enjoy this, but I hated it. I mean, nothing about that was remotely interesting to me. I, I get up and I show you this one I don't know what you would call it a Christian song, but it's cranking it like a chainsaw. And everybody was dancing, and they're cranking it like a ch- And it's like, ugh, just not my thing. Christian country, I'm good with. Acapella, the, the girl that was, or the singing that we did up here, I'm good with that kind of stuff. But I, don't, I know we don't all jive on these things. Uh, one of my favorite things that we did back in Davenport was we'd watch Monday Night Football together. We'd have whoever had ESPN, we, they DVR part of it, we'd have chili, and we'd have cookies, and we'd have chips and whatever, and then we'd watch the first half of the game, and then at halftime, we'd, we'd DVR it, and we'd do a devotional. It'd be like 10 minutes long, 15 minutes. Sometimes it got really heated. Sometimes it was really quiet, but it was a ministry. You'd get guys there who said, I'm not going to go sit in church. You know, I'll come watch football, and okay, I'll put up with half an hour or 15 minutes during halftime so I can be with my friends watching the game, but guess what? It worked. People heard the, the, the message, they heard the gospel, they got involved in each other's lives and in the Bible because of this unique ministry. I, I do think you can take this too far. I don't know if anybody's heard of beer in a Bible. Maybe that sounds like a good idea to somebody, is, is everybody get your favorite beer in your Bible and we'll have a Bible study. I think you can take it too far, but you know, it's pretty much the opportunities and the ideas are endless. If you want to go out and, and you know, there, there's the Crisis Pregnancy Center. There's, there's kids who are foster kids and sending out backpacks. And there's women ministry. And there's one. And there's just, you name it. I just have heard uh, just idea after idea of ministries that people have done. And they work. But if you don't like it, you say, you know what? I don't like that, that kind of Christian rap music. I can't stand it. I don't like Awana. I don't like the fact that they do basketball camps where they, they have the Bible as well because I'm not athletic. You say, I don't like those things. Remember the words that Jesus said, do not stop him for whoever is not against you is for you. 
I, li- I go, that music, I just, just please don't make me listen to it. You want to listen to it, there's good lyrics, I know because I've read them, but you put it with the music and it just is really hard to understand, it's hard to put together. But those ministries that we look out there and we say, boy, I just, I don't feel like it's right because it's not us or, be, or, or, or whatever reason it is. If they're teaching the gospel, if they're giving God's message, you don't have to like it, let it happen. I, I'm going to pick on Ramona, I did not ask for permission or tell her this, uh, but KGLE, I remember one time she said, uh, like on Saturdays, there's music that she likes to listen to. And then there's music, like at Saturday night, she goes, I don't like, maybe it's Friday night, she goes, I don't like to listen to that. But she says, I know they need that. There's people who need that kind of music. And she says, I just don't listen. Or I, or I turn it low or whatever she does. But it's like she recognizes, yeah, I don't like it, but it's important for that to be there because those people like it. You guys probably understand. So A is encourage other people when they're doing ministry. Don't try to discourage them. If they're preaching the gospel and they're doing the right thing, say, a boy, give them a card. When you see them, shake their hand, say thank you. At the very least, say nothing. Don't do anything to try to discourage them. But we also need to be involved in ministry ourselves. And there's, there's this idea of, yes, we got to get out into the whole world. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. When we're at school, when we're at work, we're at the grocery store, we got to try to get in people's lives and share the gospel. But when we, we go over to uh, Mark chapter 9, verses 40, uh, 38, I believe, at, to 40, you find a little bit more added to this. Uh, verse 40, it says, For whoever is not against you is for us. I tell you the truth, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to Christ will certainly not lose his reward. Jesus is telling the disciples, whoever's giving you a cup of cold water, meaning whoever's doing ministry to you, so I'm going to say do ministry outside the church, but do ministry inside the church to each other, to the people that you rushed over to give them a hug, say haven't seen you or shook their hands, do ministry to encourage people inside the church as well. To other churches, to the, to the E-Free Church, they're, they're, when, you, when they're a part of something, uh, a big outreach event, support them, encourage them, and pray for them. To missionaries, to, to people that you know in other towns, other churches that are, are sharing the gospel, do ministry to them as well. Do, give them a word of encouragement. Pray for them. Try to bless them just as you would like to be blessed, just as like we're trying to bless the other people around us. And here's, here's something important to note is it doesn't matter what size that ministry is. It could be something small or it could be something huge because you have these two pictures. You have the picture of casting out a demon. Anybody here want to say that's a small thing? That's a huge thing. You think about the person, who, it affects everybody, right? If I have a demon in me, it's going to affect me. It's going to affect my family. It's going to affect my neighborhood. It's going to affect everybody who sees me coming down the street who has no idea how I'm going to respond. If I'm going to be in my normal state or my demonic state, it's going to affect them. Uh, if I destroy things, people are going to have to pick up the pieces. They're going to have the fear, right, of seeing me. So that's a huge thing, a huge blessing that, uh, as a form of ministry. And you have a cup of cool water. You know, I almost brought one up here and said, here, in Jesus' name, I want to give this to you. How big is a cup of cool water? Well, it depends. If you're about to die, it's a big deal, and people are going to remember that forever. But chances are, everybody up here, here can get up and go get a drink of water, right? 
If I'm sitting on my couch at home, I can get up and go fill up my glass of water and drink it. I'm not, it's not a life or death situation. But something as small as that that I choose to do because you are a follower of Jesus and I do it in his name, guess what? I'm not going to lose my reward. If you can do the great big ministries, knock yourself out. If you say, I can only do the little ministries, don't compare and say, I can't do something as good as somebody else, so I'm not going to do anything, or I'm less qualified, or I'm less special because I can't do that. Just do something. It, it's, it's the, the idea is that it's important that everybody is involved in ministry. Ministry to people out there, to ministry to people in here. Something small, something big. It could be something completely different from what everybody else even thinks of. You're unique, come up with a unique ministry, but do something. Just be involved in ministry. Encourage other people and do it yourself. So that's, that's just uh, a charge or a, an encouragement for, for each of us. I know a lot of people in here are involved in ministry. I know I've seen a lot of people in here, and I know through the grapevine that other people do things out there. And so that's great. If, if you're involved in something, keep it up. But if you're involved in nothing, I want to encourage you to do something to bless other people and do it in Jesus' name, and he will reward you for it. Let's pray.